I got some bad news and I got some good news. The bad news, it is still Monday. The good news, it's the end of Monday. We made it through. Congratulations on doing that. The other good news, you got some amazing inspiration and encouragement coming up today on today's episode with an amazing guest. Can't wait for you guys to hear from him. We're going to just have some wonderful conversation about his life and his journey as a musician. You're listening to him right now. A little lesson before we start the show is something that I learned this weekend as we're reminded of all things are permissible, but not everything is beneficial. It comes from scripture. I learned it this weekend at church, but I think the, the purpose of that is really looking at a lot of the things that we look at and say, man, I can do this, so it has to be good for me. I'm able to do this, so I should do it. And that is not the case. You really want to use judgment in what you do, because if you do too many good things, you could be missing out on some great things. So again, use judgment, look at what you're doing and say, just because I can do this doesn't mean that I should. Our guest today certainly has done some great things, traveled the country performing, He actually had an incredible story about how he moved to Las Vegas and he was there as playing the title role of Jerry Lee Lewis in the incredible Million Dollar Quartet for several years on Las Vegas Boulevard. He now has his own solo music and still tours around the country, even opening this year several shows for the one and only Jerry Lee Lewis. Please welcome Jacob Tolliver. Yeah, thanks for having me. Jacob, how you doing? Doing wonderfully. Now, I gotta say, uh, people are hearing your music and it's incredible you play in such a style that like not a lot of people play in anymore. I mean, it's like an old-timey style, yeah. but you're a young person. It's very bizarre. Uh, all growing up, uh, from the age of three, I was drawn to older music. Uh, 50s music was mm-hmm. too new for me when, when, I was, <laughs> when I was young. I mean, I, I liked 30s and 40s music. And I, I mean, I was the weirdest little kid, and I, I went through, I guess, the natural progression of music. Uh, I then started liking 50s and then 60s mm. and 70s, and now I love pop and, yeah. and you know like everything. Uh, but it started out. I, you know, I guess I can credit my grandmother. She she would always have her radio uh, on in her house uh, mm. all day long in her kitchen, and so most of my upbringing, uh, I would you know when my parents were at work, she would watch me. So just subconsciously, I'm I'm hearing all of these old, uh, you know, older singers and, yeah. and bands. And so I think it just it just you know got absorbed. But it was I don't know it's bizarre. All all my childhood I knew I could play piano, but I had, I had never played piano. And when I was about uh, eight years old, my my grandmother and my mom they they wanted to put me into piano lessons, and so uh, they did. And that lasted all of uh, maybe six to nine months. <laughs> <laughs> and I the problem was I, I played too much uh, by ear. And uh, so the teacher uh, would always catch me up in and not reading the music. Mm. So I, I would I would read the page you know very slowly, and I you know enough I'd count the lines and enough to get by. Yeah. And you know the, the the by the time the uh, the next week's lesson came along, I I would have I wouldn't be looking at the page anymore. I would just my ear would take over, and so I'd be jazzing it up. And so she would always. You she wasn't happy me. about and, that, and she was. I mean, then she was probably eighty. Um, <laughs> she and she she just passed away. A wonderful lady, sweetest woman in the world, and the most wonderful you know pianist in the world. But she just she wasn't able to teach me, <laughs> and uh, so finally she just told my parents. She said, I, "I don't think it's right." And and even then, I I wasn't upset. I wasn't I, I wasn't anything. You know, I just I knew I could play, even though I wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I gave it up for about for about four years, and 
one day I was I was cleaning uh, my bedroom and I had put my when I uh, dropped the piano lessons I put my keyboard under my bed and I was like yeah I'm, I'm done, I don't, done. I'm, I'm done um, but I still knew I could play but I just didn't have an interest anymore because the 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 proper aspect of of playing the the you know the proper fingering and the proper or what you were taught maybe or what and what was expected right yeah and, you know, the posture and, and yeah there's just so much. Uh, etiquette to it that I didn't want to have anything to do with. Uh, and so I, I was just, I was more than fine not playing, at least for a while. And so mm-hmm. I, I put the keyboard under my bed and fast forward about four years, I'm cleaning my bedroom and uh, I'm cleaning under my bed. And so I decided to pull out the keyboard and I dust it off and I plug it in. And uh, it was as simple as turning the thing on and playing. I, 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 I plug it in and I start going and my dad's walking through the house and, and he's walking down the hallway and he pops his head into my room and he goes like was that was that you and I go yeah and he goes like don't, don't stop you keep <laughs> you keep doing that and uh, so I, I did and that was fun to me you yeah know, that was what I wanted to do was what back then I called it the fun stuff mm-hmm. I didn't know what type of music it was I didn't I, at the time, I wasn't familiar with who Jerry Lee Lewis was. Yep. I wasn't familiar with any of this. And I just started naturally playing, and, you know, just a true God-given talent that just started pouring out of me. And in about three months, I I could play not just as well as I can now, but I I knew what I should play. I, I, maybe I didn't have the, uh, you know, the muscle strength or the muscle memory yeah. or, or whatever it takes – but in my head, I knew, I knew what I wanted to play. I just may, maybe I didn't have the capability of doing it. But I knew the notes that I wanted to play. And even still, I, there are things that I know I want to do. I just I can't do them. Well, it's incredible, too. And I, I want people to, to see. So we have video of you from you know one of the many viral videos we talked about. I, obviously, uh, I mentioned in my Instagram story to get people to come is that the videos that you have, and we have one from when you were on American Idol, and we'll play it here. And anyone who's on YouTube uh, will be able to see it. Anyone who's listening to this on Apple Podcasts, you'll be able to hear it. Again, we are live here on YouTube every single Monday. But I want to be able to just play this clip for people to be able to experience the type of playing that you do. Go. Do it. <laughs> Give it. Aye, aye, aye. Work it. Take it. <laughs> yeah! What do you think when you see yourself playing that way and standing on the bench and just banging on the keys? What are what going through? What is going through your mind? I, it doesn't even seem like me, really. I, I see it, and you get into uh, you know, speaking of American Idol, you get in the zone, dog. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean you you truly do. When you're performing, it's just something takes over. Uh, and that happens. <laughs> yeah, is that uh, how it is when you're performing in a show too? Is that oh, just yeah. the feeling? Any any time I you know if, if there's two people standing there, something comes over, and <laughs> you know you can say you know for whatever the purpose is you know maybe maybe it's in the studio and you you'll say well you don't have to give it your all right now mm-hmm. just kind of you know you know just give it half of it that way yeah. you get the idea. I can't do it if, if there's if there's somebody there 
something comes over mm-hmm. me and and that pops out. <laughs> I think one of the videos, the original video of you playing, I think it was a hardware store in your hometown. Hey, oh, yeah. There's 1.6 million shares. Shares. On yeah. Facebook. Yeah. So tens of millions yes. of so views. This was posted uh, before Facebook counted views. Um, as it, back then, it only yeah. counted uh, shares. This was in uh, the summer of 2014, I believe. Mm. And... Uh, Man, that thing took off. My a, a buddy of mine, he uh, he took that video uh, the day before, and he and he said, uh, you know, do you mind if I post this on Facebook? Sure, why, why yeah. do I care? <laughs> of course. Uh, who, who could see it? Yeah, right. I mean, it's just, I mean, there's tons of them up there. What's, what's I don't care if you post it. Well, how about it? And the next day, I wake up uh, to a text from him that said, "Hey, man, I think we've gone viral." And he's always pulling my leg yeah. about something, and and just the, the biggest kidder in the world. And so, you know, I I, I didn't believe him. Mm-hmm. I, I was back home in Ohio at the time, uh, on vacation. Uh, during that period, I w- I was already working in Las mm-hmm. Vegas, mm-hmm. so I was just home on vacation. So I was home. I was seeing friends, seeing family, and so the last thing I was doing was playing on Facebook. So I didn't even check to see if he was serious because there was, you know, no fiber in my being thought yeah. he was being serious, and so. Uh, after I don't know three hours later, maybe I I I saw my phone and I go on my Facebook app and I have thirty thousand shares <laughs> in in less than twenty four hours. It was like twelve hours. Wow! And I have thirty thousand shares, and it was just mind blowing. And uh, so my parents and I we went up to to our you know our den and went to the computer and we we're just. Just watching the just the, the likes come in, the shares come in, the comments. You, refre- you refresh the page, and there's another thousand, and another Literally, thousand. Like by the minute, it would be like more than a thousand. I mean, it, it was just wow. it was insane. Uh, and I suppose that's how anybody that goes viral it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the the biggest I've ever done. I've you know some some other videos do do well, but that was just it was mind blowing. Um, and does that encourage you? Does that give you that high that you say I want to do more? Yeah, uh, yeah, of, of course, and and I'm you know always trying to to make something interesting and fun to post, and or at least thinking of what the next mm-hmm. thing will be, uh, and yeah, it's definitely inspiring, and to me that's one one of my worst videos <laughs> online, uh, but, but that's the one that's taken off, and that's the one that has has legs, and I think it's just the it's just such a weird m- marriage of things. It's yeah. it's a you know I I was. I was back home in Ohio, so mm-hmm. I have a like a, a nasty white T-shirt on and a backwards ball cap, shorts and flip flops, and I'm in a hardware store, and and I'm you know I'm what 19 years old, yeah, and <laughs> so it's just a, it's an odd mixture. For one, you don't think you know somebody that young is going to play like mm-hmm. that. Uh, why is there a piano in a hardware store? Uh, and look at the way the kid's dressed; he's a schmuck, you know. <laughs> Well, I think that's the reason that so many people connected to it is it's just something that they haven't seen before. And your entire style and the way you play is so different from anyone who is your age. Yeah. Who they think that's a style that I maybe saw in the 40s and 50s. I don't see that from anyone now. No. And you don't even, I mean, truthfully, you don't even see a piano entertainer now. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's there's John Legend. Mm -hmm. He's more of a piano player and more of a singer, Mm -hmm. I I would say. Uh, But he's not a piano entertainer. You know, he's not stomping on the thing and, yeah. and, and, and doing that. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I would say Elton John or Billy Joel were the last two to come along in that vein. And I mean, they're 
you know, Melton's 76 or something. Uh, so, What is it like, then, being someone so different in that realm? Do you like that? Do you yeah. sometimes feel like, I need to be more like the groove? Yes, yeah. I, I go through through spells of, of thinking, um, of wondering what's the, the better path to go down. Uh, but who wants to be like everybody else? Because, you know, you don't have a shelf life that way. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think there's a way to, to modernize the music. Mm-hmm. Bruno Mars has done it. Yep. He certainly sticks out. He is Motown taken to 2018. Mm-hmm. Megan Trainer has certainly done mm-hmm. it. She's 50s doo-wop taken to 2015, 16, mm-hmm. 17. Uh, so... The same thing, I think, can apply to the sounds of Elton John and mm-hmm. Little Richard and Billy mm-hmm. Joel and Fats Domino and Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, so that's that's my path at the moment. Uh, You're talking about your, your path and the, the early part of your journey that you talked about uh, coming from Portsmouth, Ohio. A lot of people probably don't know anything about Portsmouth. Tell me about Portsmouth. What is, wow. what is Portsmouth like? <laughs> Portsmouth is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Portsmouth... Uh, Portsmouth, Ohio. Portsmouth, Ohio. Uh, there's not enough room in this show to tell you about Portsmouth, Ohio, but uh, <laughs> Portsmouth is great. It, uh, it's a very small town in in the middle of uh, uh, Appalachia area. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, most southern region of Ohio, about two hours south of Columbus, two hours from Cincinnati, pretty much two hours from a mall. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> it's uh, along the Ohio River, and it's just absolutely gorgeous country. And for some reason... Uh, there are just gobs and gobs of of musical talent and athletic mm-hmm. talent um, uh, that come from the Portsmouth area. It's, it's very bizarre. Uh, plenty like? uh, older, so you know I don't know if the viewers for this show mm-hmm. would know, but Roy Rogers and Earl Thomas Conley and uh, Bobby Bear and uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Mm-hmm. You would know Billy Ray Cyrus. He's from the area. There's something in the water. What is there's uh, something? This? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the water, the moonshine. <laughs> And how young were you when you first started playing? Because uh, we have a picture I, I was able to find of you very young <laughs> playing a piano, and I don't know how young you first started playing. There, look at this picture. Oh, uh, look at that. I was three. This is at my uh, great-grandmother's house uh, up in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, even at that age, uh, I was just I was drawn to it, man. I, my favorite toy, I... Um, not to go away from the question, but um, my favorite toy when I was a kid, I, I was back home in, in Portsmouth mm-hmm. a few weeks ago and came across my, uh, my, old, my baby book. Mm. And so I was going through it, and written favorite toy was a keyboard. And, and I remember this wow. thing. It was, it was about, about this big, uh-huh. and it was a Casio something. <laughs> and uh, I played that thing, I mean, just to where I drove everybody nuts from, from the time I was that age to, you know, six or seven, probably. I, was, I loved it. Did your parents, they, I, they, you drove them crazy, but I'm sure they, they recognized that this was something that you enjoyed and could be a future, do you think? Yeah, very much. Uh, especially my father. He, he's, a, he's a musician. He's a drummer. Mm. Uh, not professionally, but, yeah. but uh, has the talent. And, uh, yeah, it, it was always very much embraced and encouraged uh, in all the proper and right ways and all the best ways to, to make it happen. Uh, I, uh, you know, they put me in the, the band and, and yeah. chorus and piano lessons and, and all, all the things that musicals and all the mm-hmm. things that could uh, potentially spark a mm-hmm. you know a underlying talent and uh, it did 
were the other teachers at school better than the 80-year-old piano teacher in supporting the way that you played? Yeah, and and, and the piano teacher, uh, just just to be clear, she very much supported it. She just didn't know how to deal with it because <laughs> yeah, she was she was so classically trained and, yeah. and so uh, proper that she just had no clue what to do. Yeah. Uh, yes, my the, the teachers um, at my school were uh, helped tremendously. Uh, one of the biggest reasons I, I was drawn uh, to piano was when I went into elementary school, the, the music teacher, he's still there, uh, Mike Newman, he plays in just a kind of a fun feeling as well. He, he plays by ear, and, and he, uh, he, it's kind of, the kind of my style in a way, mm-hmm. it's just, it's fun, and, and, and I was always just, you know, he's always going down the keyboard doing, you know, glissandos, <laughs> and he's just, he's kind of wild with it, and, and as a kindergartner, first grader, you're seeing that, like, wow, that's what I want to do, and so he, always supported it and and he was always just amazed by my weird knowledge of old artists back Mm -hmm. then and uh and then going into middle school sonia thompson she would uh you know spoon feed me stuff that you know notes that were on a page sometimes if i would want to learn something she would read it for me and say this is this is how you do it this is what it is and then i would take it and run with Mm -hmm. it uh and then high school uh linda teeman was just absolutely amazing and completely supported it in every way and uh and you know we went to New York City on a choir trip one time and we walked uh something like 15 miles just to go to an audition I mean wow yeah it was at what age, at what age did you know that this was more than just a school hobby or passion that this was something that could be <laughs> post school when I when I started making money <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how it works? Uh, yeah, it, it was funny. I, I my my very first uh, gig was uh, in my freshman year. I'd only been playing a year, uh, pretty much exactly a year, maybe over like a year and two weeks. I I got a uh, a little show for the local, uh, I think it was local Kiwanis Club mm-hmm. or, or Rotary Club one, and uh, I you know a lady put out a tip jar for me and and I made like two hundred bucks. In a night? In a day. And I did like five songs or something. And here I am. I'm 14 years old. $200 when you're 14 years old? Yeah. You're, you're rich. Yeah. And so right there, I, I thought, wow, this, there could be something to this. <laughs> and, uh, and then so you know, I started getting other shows around town and mm-hmm. uh, would just open my, my piano case, my keyboard case, and you know, write put a sign that says tips or something and yeah. people just come up and start throwing dollars into it and and so that was a you know very <laughs> in, in, in a funny way inspiring to to just enough to say wow maybe mm-hmm. you know people evidently do think you're good enough to, to to give you their money so there must be something to it yeah uh, you know not that it was about the money but you could see that that, that people thought enough to yeah, do that it's... and and so that was certainly uh, funny enough, it was it was a good it was a good start and reason to make me think maybe I want to do this, uh, and so I didn't know how to do this because I can't read music, I only play by ear. So I I didn't know, you know, my whole family they all they've all been to college they all mm-hmm. do the proper thing, uh, so growing up I'm going to college. I mean that's just yeah. that's how it is, and so. That's what I didn't. I hadn't figured out, and uh, I never did figure out. It just happened. 
I, uh, what I thought I would do was go to Ohio State. I was uh, accepted into Ohio State, and I, I thought, well, I'm a good people person. I can talk to people mm-hmm. fine. I, I thought, well, uh, why not go into public relations? And then it could maybe slip into entertainment through the back door. Hmm. You know, be a PR guy for for a band or for yeah. a show or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And so that was kind of my only way that I figured out um, to where I could justify going to college, having a good living and a, a backup mm-hmm. plan, and still trying to pursue what I want to pursue. Uh, so that's that's how it was going to be. And then uh, one day I... Uh, I was working at a uh, uh, at an ice cream shop during high school, and uh, I uh, got home from work. And I checked my email, and I had a notification from YouTube that said, uh, uh, "You know, somebody commented on your video." Uh, and so I click on it, and it was a video that had been posted uh, of me in my uh, my high school music room. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were tons of those up on YouTube back then. Yeah. Uh, Doing take, crazy piano. Yeah, just all this yeah. stuff. And, and so one of the videos was from a, uh, from a casting agency in Las Vegas. And uh, or one of the comments on the videos mm-hmm. was from a casting agency. And uh, it said, uh, you know, hi, Jacob. We are um, from a dorm casting, and we're looking to hire for a show called Million Dollar Quartet. Please give us a call at your earliest convenience. So the next day I called them, and they said, hi, we, we want to fly you out to Las Vegas tomorrow for an audition. I'm, I'm a month away from going to Ohio State. I'm already graduated high school. I already have my what I thought was my plan figured out. And all of a sudden this curveball came and kind of answered all my problems of how, how am I going to figure out how to get in the biz. What I want to know is what was your parents' first reaction when you <laughs> told them, hey, but I just got this call to go to Vegas tomorrow for a <laughs> position, possibly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it was kind of opposite of what I what I thought. So, uh, so you know, in my area, it's, it's a lot of farmers mm-hmm. from where I'm from. So, all my dad's side of the family, they were all farmers. So, none of them went to went to college. Mm. They all, you know, straight out of school, they they became farmers, and that's what they did. Uh, my mother's side was completely the opposite. It was lawyers and teachers and doctors and... and Blue know. collar versus white collar. Yeah, and all in the same area. And uh, So I thought my mother would be the one, no, you're going to college. And dad being the musician and comes from a background where they don't go to college, I thought, oh, I got it made with dad. <laughs> and no, all the way around. You know, dad was like, you know... My no. son's going to be the first one to break this tradition. You know, <laughs> like my son's going to be the one that goes to college finally. And he was so proud of wow. me. You know, here I am going to going to college. I'm accepted. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was done. And mom was the other one. She's like, well, you know, college will always be there. You don't get an opportunity like this. And, you know, she she's convincing him, you know, Rick, look at, you know, remember when you were his age and a drummer. And, like, if you would have had that shot to be yeah. – in a you know in a major casino on the Las Vegas Strip every night you would have done it and you should have done it mm-hmm. and so after a few days dad finally came around and he goes all right he's like I I get it it's, it's always there like you got to do this you can't had you, you ever been to Vegas before no I mean I I, I was uh, I was eighteen when I got the when I got the YouTube message and and when I went out for the audition I turned nineteen a week later 
and a couple days after that, I get the call saying, hey, you got the gig. Do you want to do this or college? In a matter of a week and a half, <laughs> your world is changed. Blown apart. Yeah. What are you thinking during this time? I mean, how much of a decision is this for you to say, uh, how do I want to choose? And by the way, I don't have a, a couple of weeks to kind of think on this decision. I have a couple hours. A couple hours, yeah. Uh, well, it, it, was, it was hard because I, I'm a very family-oriented uh, you know, person. I love my hometown. I, you know, I was all about that, and I... The, the idea well, that's of, what Vegas is, very family-oriented <laughs> and just very... Yeah, yeah, yeah very much so. Um, and so, you know, being at Ohio State, I was, I'm two hours away, a quick drive, yeah. and, and you're back home, and you get to visit on the weekends. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I was still a major step, obviously. I'd never been away from home. I, I was only 18. And so uh, the idea of being a four-hour plane ride and a three-day drive away from home is... Yeah. is it was, a, it was a big thought, and uh, finally, I, you know, just the instinct that's always been there. You know, that three-year-old kid that plays piano said, "Well, you got to do it, uh, regardless of how much you you love your grandmother and how much mm-hmm. you you know." It's not about that. It's you know, mm-hmm. you still love your grandmother. You still <laughs> you know, you're still a home person. You still can have all of those aspects, but you got to do what you're born to do. Yeah, uh, and. So yeah, that's that's how I got there. Um, Playing in Vegas, glitz, glamour, yes, no. I mean, people see the shows about Vegas; they hear the allure of Vegas. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Was I, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, when you live there, it's it's a whole other town. It, mm. <clears throat> the first couple weeks are fun, you know, because it's the strip. You know, there's there's shows, there's lights, there's there's just bells and whistles everywhere, and it's it's really exciting. But you're but, also the 18 year old who can't partake in a lot of Vegas, <laughs> right? Exactly. Which <laughs> uh, is funny, you know. Many people come up to me and go, "How did you? How were you in Vegas for four years, so young, and come out fine?" And you know, I always kid. I kind of kid. That's the reason, you know, <laughs> because I wasn't allowed to partake yeah. in all this you know, sin. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if I was 21 moving there for the first oh, time, yeah. it'd probably been a different story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know how much of a different story because at the same at the end of the day, I'm still the same person. But uh, it was a it probably a good thing that mm-hmm. you know you're not allowed in clubs, you're not allowed into this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, yeah, it was interesting, but to answer your question, once when you live there, it's it's just it's different. It's different. It's very, it's like a hometown. You know, there's the strip, which, which is very touristy. Uh, you don't dare to venture onto the strip unless you have to, <laughs> unless friends are in town. Yeah. Uh, you you know you you pop into the casino, go to work, yep. and you get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the rest is just a normal community. You know, it's it's not like you would think it is. Uh, but for PR reasons, of course, they, mm-hmm. they, they make it what it is. But uh, no, it was a great time, lovely time. It was my first band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was a huge, huge uh, learning uh, opportunity just to... To do something day in and day out. Yeah. I mean, the experience a, that you learn doing that. Yeah. A, a, a friend of mine, he, the guy that uh, videoed that hardware store video, he always said, you know, 
you went to to Vegas and that was your entertainment boot camp. Mm-hmm. You know, you you learn what you learned there can't be taught. And it's true. Yeah. You know, you you can't be taught how to do eight shows a week, uh, and you, you can't be taught how to how to do all of that, how to play with the band, how to you mm-hmm. just have to do it with experience. And mm-hmm. it was truly you know the the best thing that's happened to me musically uh, to date. It was really great. Coming off that venturing, venturing now into more solo and on your own, what's that transition been like? And obviously, you're in LA now versus Las Vegas. Yeah, same big town. I suppose I mean big feel of a town, which is good. Right. But it seems like it's you know, still a whole other ball game. It's a whole other world. Two different types and styles. It is. Uh, it it was funny though being in Vegas. I made more connections and more friends, uh, not counting the castmates of the show, but outside of that, I made more connections and friends in Los Angeles because uh, everybody's a tourist. Yeah. So I'd meet all these people that came f- over from Las Vegas or from uh, Los Angeles to see the show, and and we'd stay in touch. And so it got to a point to where I started knowing more people in Los Angeles. And so uh, my last year in Vegas, I was coming here. Uh, almost every weekend Mm. and so that's kind of how i got to los angeles because once once million dollar quartet closed it was between nashville or los angeles you know i I knew Mm -hmm. uh it was a great thing that the show closed because it it was the golden handcuffs you know it was yeah you're too comfortable you get you get a weekly paycheck you're you're doing what you love but uh you were doing a good thing not a great thing Mm. after a certain point uh you know it's for four years, you know. The, yeah. The first year is amazing and, and a big stepping stone. But when you do it for four years, it's the same thing. So. And are people staying in those roles for years and years? And I mean... Yeah, uh, for the most part. I mean, there was, of course, some... You know, turnover. Movement. But yeah. Uh, but you just... You, you, as an artist, become stale because you're doing the same thing over and over and over. And But yet you don't leave because it's very comfortable and, and why would mm-hmm. you? And so... When it closed, I then knew, well, I have to go. There's nothing else in Vegas to do. Once you're in a mm-hmm. show on this strip, you've kind of done it all. So uh, the the next step is Nashville or Los Angeles for to you know to work on my solo stuff. Mm-hmm. And I knew one guy in Nashville, and I knew 15 people in Los Angeles. And so it just made more sense uh, to, to move here. And so for the last year, I... Uh, you know, I've been working with writers and producers and, and uh, different musicians, and uh, here in in LA and and in Nashville, I, I you know I, I try to get there as much as I can, mm-hmm. but just to you know put my cards out everywhere. And uh, uh, so far, it's going really well. Um, I, I, my hopes are to get uh, an EP of original music out mm-hmm. um, within uh, within the year, probably probably mm-hmm. by fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have about five songs. Uh, good songs that are uh, written and we, we want to get a couple more just to make sure we have a solid group yeah. and then uh, um, put out an EP uh, but right now I'm working on just a, an album of uh, cover songs uh, deep cuts so they won't mm-hmm. seem covery mm-hmm. they're, they're, you know, they'll be new for most people uh, I'm actually just an hour before I was here today I, mm. I was in the studio uh, recording that I, um, this weekend recorded uh, uh, 10 tracks for this album, and uh, I, I, I think this will be out. This, this cover album will probably be out in June, July. Oh, nice! Yeah, 
Now, why music? I mean, what is what feeling do you get when you play music, or what is kind of the allure for you of the joy that it brings you? Definitely a joy. Yeah, I mean, I love it. That's, if you, if there's something in your life, and everybody has one thing, I, I'm convinced. Uh, they may not know what it is, but I, I, I believe everybody has their one given gift. And that's to me, is the thing that you can do and do and do and do and do and never get tired of. And you love it no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I could play piano 12 hours every day and I'm not going to get tired of it. I could sing all day and I'm not going to get tired of it. Uh, you know, everybody has that one god-given thing that they're met they're put on this planet to do uh and for me that's it you know there's just no option and you know i i pray often that you know look you've given me this talent you know just make me the best i can and i will do with it the best i can and and so far it's it's done you know that philosophy and fairly uh, well it's done it's done okay yeah what do you look to put into your music or your lyrics? Where does that inspiration come from? Uh, well, lyrically, I'm... I'm <laughs> if there are any lyricists out there, give me a ring. Uh, <laughs> I'm just... I'm the least poetic person you'll ever come across. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that's, you know, the writers I've been meeting, that's, mm-hmm. that's why I meet with mm-hmm. writers and don't just do it all myself mm-hmm. uh, because lyrically, that is my fault. And... Uh, I'm glad that I am uh, alert enough and conscious enough to know that I'm not good at it. You know, you see many people out there who are great musicians write their own music, and it's horrible mm-hmm. because they yeah. <laughs> because they just can't write. So I know that that's my problem. Uh, so musically, uh, the inspiration, I don't even know. You know, it just comes out is just as just as I'm talking here. You know, it just starts. Do you find yourself catch yourself and find yourself maybe at some point during the day thinking, "Oh my, I could play this. I could play it like this, or I could oh absolutely make this." Yeah, absolutely. Do you write it down? What? Where do you? Or do you immediately go out to a piano? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it sounds funny, but yes, I. You know, if if I'm not near, I will. If I'm walking through a supermarket and I hear a song mm-hmm. playing, and I think, "Wow, I could really do a cool version of this." I push record and I start recording the thing and wow. and we'll kind of sing along with it that way I, I know what it is or I'll type of you know something a, a note on my phone or something mm-hmm. and then when I get to the piano I'll buy the song or whatever it is and uh, start playing around with it and see if, mm. if indeed I can do something with it and yeah what do you think the biggest mistake that a lot of musicians make is because you mentioned about you know some people aren't alert and aware that they can't do everything is that the biggest mistake that a lot of musicians make, or what are it's other big one. mistakes that people in music falter in? Yeah, uh, and I'm you know I'm I'm probably not the, the proper person to ask, but in my opinion, uh, would probably be just you know letting others tell you how to be. You know, you, you, a producer will come in and say, no, 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 you're doing it all wrong. This is how it needs to be done. This is how you play the chord. Not up here, you play it like this. This is what you do. Nobody went up to Elvis Presley, Celine Dion, Miley Cyrus, or, you know, maybe Miley Cyrus, I don't know. (laughs) But, you know, these greats, historical greats, uh, 
Nobody went up to them and said, no, no, this isn't how you should do it. You know, you should do it this way because this is how I hear it. That's, you know, that's why, to me, that's why music today sounds all the same. You know, I, I do like it. I enjoy it. But for the most part, and it's a broad thing to say, but pop music in a lot of ways sounds very similar. Mm-hmm. Country music sounds very similar. It's all this, it's the same beats. It's the same story. It's the same words. You know, it's, it's just the same thing. Uh, and it's, it's because it, it works and it, it does work. That's a great thing. It, it gets a radio play. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's, but it's cheating. It's too, low risk. Yeah. And, and you don't become a legend that way. You know, mm-hmm. you become a one hit wonder, a five hit wonder, but nobody's going to remember you in, you know, in, in what? In 10 years, yeah. nobody's going to remember you. So, you know, it's nobody's, nobody's themselves anymore. There's no, there are no bands anymore. There's no identity anymore because everybody's kind of morphed together as one. Back in, let's look at the 1960s. You have, there wasn't just one type of music. You had Frank Sinatra playing right next to Led Zeppelin. You had Led Zeppelin playing right next to Willie Nelson. You, you know, you, you had mm-hmm. all these people who were so diverse and so different, but yet so good because they were true to themselves. You know, they didn't sin against their talents. They they listened to it and and they and they went with it. Um, and that that's what I think is the biggest fault of musicians is they they let other people tell them how they should be, not what they think they should be. I was listening on the radio the other day in the car, and the country mu- station that I had listened to. There was a, almost a pop country song on there. Mm-hmm. There was some electrical in the country, and it's five, ten years ago that would never have played on a country station. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you almost can't even call it country music anymore. <laughs> I, I love it. I think it's great. S- most of it, some of it, but it's and and that's fine to have you know to have beats and to have those things on on a track. That's that's yeah. awesome. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. But make it different. Yeah. Look what, you know, Megan Trainer has beats on her stuff. You know, people like this, you know, they all have, you know, those modern sounds. That's great. That's a great thing to have. But make it different. And country music to me as a whole isn't doing that. And, mm-hmm. and same for pop, and uh, except for the few exceptions. And you know. You've obviously played a lot with Jerry Lee, played as Jerry Lee for four years, and obviously you have a good friendship with him. Yeah. What is the biggest thing you've learned from him? Uh, <laughs> uh, personally? Uh, <laughs> personally, professionally, uh, advice? Personally, uh, don't pop your fingers. And uh, uh, <laughs> he told me to shave every day. <laughs> he said, son, you, you have too many whiskers on your face. Start shaving every day. <laughs> uh, but uh, musically, wow. I mean, I've, I've, I've learned tons. You know, Although... You know, again, naturally, I started playing like that, but once, you know, once I hit about that that three month mark, like I, I talked about, when I started really playing, people then started saying, "Hey, man, you got to go back and listen to Jerry Lee Lewis. You have to listen to Jerry Lee Lewis. I'm getting from everybody." And so finally, I I went back and uh, actually, how it happened, I was, my dad was the one telling me the most, like, hmm. "Son, you have to listen to Jerry Lee Lewis." And I'm, it's dad. He's not right. You know, fathers aren't right when you're. You know, yeah, that age. Like, <laughs> no. what, what do you know? You're, what do you know, Dad? Yeah, you don't know anything. Uh, 
finally, after I'm really playing, he goes like, all right, I've had enough of this. I'm calling the radio station. And I guess this is, this is before YouTube. And so he calls our local radio station, and he, uh, he requested Great Balls of Fire, Jerry Lee Lewis song. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, he you know, called the radio station, requested it, and, they, and there was a basketball game on at the mm-hmm. time. And so they said, give us 45 minutes, and we'll play it. So we, we were listening to the radio for 45 minutes, and you shook my nerves, and I heard it, and I'm like, wow, this is what I'm doing. And so then I just start really listening to him and just listening to all the runs he, he did and, and does and, and just all the things that he – just how he does it. And for the most part, it was all stuff that I already knew and already wanted to do uh, or, again, knew what mm-hmm. I wanted to do but couldn't do it. Uh, and so it was just, just more inspiration and just a – I don't know. It was just just amazing, and, and for over half my life, Jerry Lee has been a part of it in some way. Wow! Uh, whether it's been just what I listen to, or uh, you know, now I know him well. You know, I'll be, I've, I'm seeing him just in a couple of days. He's playing in Las Vegas, and hmm. uh, you know, get to hang out with him. And uh, I don't know. He's just just an inspiration in in many many ways. I mean, this guy this guy changed the course of music. You know, there there wasn't. A headbanger. There wasn't a real rock and roller mm-hmm. in 1950s. Elvis kind of shook his hips, yeah. but he was only out at not even a year. Uh, well, I guess about exactly a year when when Jerry Lee came onto the scene. So Elvis wasn't even Elvis at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, these guys were the founding fathers of, of rock and roll, and, mm-hmm. and that changed the course of of music. You know, we wouldn't have pop music like we have it today. We wouldn't have country music like we have it today mm-hmm. if it weren't for that. Uh, so to, to be around somebody that's so instrumental in history, I mean, in in 200 years, I mean, you know, Elvis and Jerry Lee Lewis and, and these people, they'll they will be up with Mozart and Beethoven and 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 those people, and it's 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 amazing just to to be able to be in the same room with with this guy, and and now you know he's a great friend and you know, like a grandfather to mm-hmm. me, and it's just when you think about it, it really is it's mind blowing for me. I I get so, you know, I'm so used to it. I don't think about it much anymore. But, I mean, if you'd have told ten-year-old or thirteen-year-old me, you'll have Thanksgiving dinner with Jerry Lee Lewis when you're 23, hmm. I would say I could never be. <laughs> you know, I, 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 it's just it's nuts. It, it, it really is. It's it's crazy, uh, and he's. He's still an inspiration to me. He's here. He is. He's eighty-two years old, yeah. and he goes out and kills it. I mean, he's still the same. He, he shreds the piano. It's it's amazing. If you would have told seventeen-year-old Jacob Tolliver that this is where you would be several years later, having performed in Vegas for four years and now out in Los Angeles, what would seventeen-year-old Jacob Tolliver have said? <sighs> I, I think he would have been speechless. <laughs> you know, seventeen-year-old uh, Jacob Tolliver uh, was. You know, always had a hope to be in the show Million Dollar Quartet. Uh, the show had just come out. Uh, I remember I was watching the Tonys, uh, uh, I guess about the time I was 17, maybe 16. Uh, and it was a new show. It was you know, a new show on Broadway, new Broadway show. Mm-hmm. And the guy that played Jerry Lee Lewis won a Tony that year. And that's how I found out about the show. And I see, you know, they, they did a live performance. And I'm like, wow, this is, there's a show about this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, a scripted actual story and, and I mean, it just blew me away I'm like wow what are the odds of just the timing of this you know Jerry Lee Lewis and Elvis have 
they've been around for 60 years. Why just now yeah. is there being a musical created at the time I'm able to portray that character? And, and so there was always some hope uh, that I would get to do that. And then, then that email came was, you know, that wanted me to audition. Where would you be now if you had not gone to Las Vegas? Wow. I, I, who knows? Do you, you ever know? think about that? Yeah, I, I, of course, and uh, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I would like to think I would be being a PR guy for some music musical greatness. I, Who knows, maybe I'd have gone back home and been comfortable and, mm-hmm. and been happy just, you know, being a hometown boy. I, I don't know, uh, yeah. because that was very comfortable and is very comfortable for me. Uh, who knows, that's, that's a great question. Um, what do you consider your definition of success? If you're if you're doing what you love, what you love, you're happy and you you have food. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not you know making a crazy living, but you're living. You're living. You know, I, I I I feed myself. I have a roof over my head. I'm doing what I love, and that's how I make my living. And I'm more than happy with that. You know, if if it becomes millions and millions, and fantastic. If it doesn't, mm-hmm. I'm still happy. You know, it. I, I think that's that's the key. And and for many people, it's uh, you know they they can do what they love, and it's the that part gets in the way. It's the, the making the money gets in the mm-hmm. way of what makes them happy, and, and it's it's kind of. I don't know. To me, it's kind of a cycle. You know, what what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> but if you're doing what you love, you just have to step back and think, man, I'm, I'm doing what I love. Just you know, shut up and be happy for yeah. a second. You know, it doesn't matter if you, you know, if you can't buy this awesome car or this mansion. You know, who cares? You're you're doing what you love and you're happy. Just, mm-hmm. just chill out and enjoy the ride. Final question I enjoy asking people is: in 40 or 50 years. Yeah. People hear the name Jacob Tolliver. What are three things you want people to remember about your life and your music? Wow. Well, I uh, I hope people. I hope there's some you know kid out there on on some some podcast or some TV show or something just as this uh, doing the same thing, talking about me as I talk about Jerry Lee Lewis. I, I hope I can be that instrumental in. Uh, in the way music is directed and, and, and the way uh, just the foundation of music to come. You know, obviously, I'll never be Jerry Lee Lewis. I don't want to be Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, I think Jerry Lee Lewis is fantastic, and I'm sure probably many people out there today aren't familiar with Jerry Lee Lewis. Hmm. Get familiar with Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, it's if, if I could be the guy that just carries his torch and so far he's backing it and he supports it he's letting me open for his shows and and he sees it and actually the other day he he's uh i was with him and he said son he said you're going places and he said you don't see things like i see him but he said you're going places and wow you know it, it, he's kind of like a unicorn right yeah. I mean, it's just this guy's still alive and he's still i mean this guy changed everything i mean yep tv commercials wouldn't be the same walking through a store wouldn't be this nothing would be the same if music you know there's music everywhere you go and this guy really you know music is going this way he just put a big sharp turn so 
you know, I hope I can carry this torch of the way the piano is played and have the same effects on music. And I hope people can can know that. And and uh, I hope that I remain a solid individual and a happy and uh, nice individual uh, all my life and, and the biz doesn't get to me. And I, <laughs> I hope people remember all of those things as well. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, to be... Influential, I, I think, would be an amazing thing to uh, to be remembered. You know. Well, you just keep those Portsmouth ties, and you know they'll yeah. keep you grounded. I guarantee. You know, talk, to talking about your dad's uh, your dad's family, it seems like they're the people who are going to be able to keep you grounded. And you know, yeah. those farmers, they know how to hit, shoot you straight. They tell you exactly how it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for yeah. coming on and again sharing your inspiration. I know just that decision. You're 17 and 18 years old, and you're having to make a career decision that literally impacts your future. Yeah. I'm glad you made the decision you did, and I'm glad that now you're inspiring people through that and encouraging them. Guys, again, we are live here with a new episode of I Can Never Be every Monday at 4 o'clock Pacific time. We just love to be able to encourage you guys on your journeys, offer some inspiration, and really just be a light of positivity in the world. So, Jacob, thank you for doing just that with us today. Guys, if you want to follow Jacob after the show, at Jacob Tolliver on Instagram and on Twitter. I know you're big on Facebook, too. So, Facebook.com backslash the Jacob Tolliver. Again, we're here on Popcorn Talk. Happy to be here on Popcorn Talk. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at TheOnlyMC. Guys, like, comment, share, subscribe, rate, tell a friend. I think I covered all the things right there. Be the positive in someone's life. We'll see you next time. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.